Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Tudor's Dynasty podcast with Rebecca Larson. Hello and welcome to a supplemental episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Larson. On this special episode, I chat with the creator, writer, and executive producer of Becoming Elizabeth, Anya Reese. Take a listen to get some more hints on what to expect from Becoming Elizabeth, airing Sunday, June 12th on Stars. And now to my interview with Anya Reese. Anya, welcome to the show. Hello, Rebecca. You know what? Let's just start from the beginning because we have a short amount of time today. And I'm curious, before we get too deep into becoming Elizabeth, what was your background on the Tudors prior to being approached to write the series? Oh, almost nothing. Um, I knew a little bit about it. And I, the first reaction I had when um, I met with George Ormond, who's the other executive on this show, um, when he said, do you want to do the young years of Elizabeth I, was absolutely not. Everyone's done that. It's boring. Um, and then he told me these early years and I suddenly realized they were not. And they hadn't been done. And it was so much stuff I didn't know. And so much stuff that made her, the things I did know about Elizabeth I make sense now that I know them. Um, and so it felt, it, yeah, it was really interesting to do that. Yeah, that time period, um, especially starting right after Henry, Henry VIII's death in 1547, is so wild and so often it's overlooked in history. Yeah, and so um, I had so many kind of myths around it, I think, because I just kind of assumed that, oh, Edward must have been like sick in bed all the time and, and was dead within six months. And then Mary was crazy and killed everyone. And then she was over quickly. And it's it's just, and then it feels like, oh, and then enter Elizabeth into the story. And actually her story starts so much earlier. And it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the story from that time period is just what every historical drama really wants. So what I'm curious, and which I know all the listeners are going to want to know, is, you know, with period dramas, how do you appease the variety of fans who are going to watch this? <laughs> Um, well, I don't know yet. I don't, I don't, I'm sure it's going to make some people angry. Um, I think it might actually make you angry if you're, if you're a fan of uh, Thomas Seymour, this show, <laughs> but, um, I tried my best to be historically accurate. Um, I, de- we definitely, definitely did the research. Um, so at least it, at least it's not from neglect that, it, that we've got anything that anything's not accurate. Um, it, there are inevitably choices you have to make, though, because there is things that are, that we don't know, mm-hmm. um, but then the periods of time that you, you're not quite sure what happened between those two, the, these two events. So you have to make choices because you can't really do like, you can't you can't play ambiguity like yeah. that in, in a period drama, and also you have to, um, you know, pick which stories you're telling and pick what characters you're focusing on, and inevitably, as you've lost. Because you've lost that story there, that means that you're not that you can't tell another story elsewhere. We have to slightly change the events that led up to that story for it to make sense. So it kind of it 
I really did set out with the intention to make the most historically accurate show you can, and it does slightly wriggle free of your grasp, being able to do that as accurately as you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the intent is there, and I think we, I don't know, I can't, I can't, I'm nervous now because it's coming out, but I, I hope we got a lot of it right. Well, I know I'm looking forward to it, and the trailers that I've seen look fantastic. The, the writing oh, seems great. The costume design, everything looks everything is just wonderful and I cannot wait to watch it I am curious though on these eight episodes what time period is that covering uh oh I'm not allowed to say when we end um Uh, oh shoot I thought I could trick you (laughs) yeah um I think if you if you look at the cast you'd notice some people are missing that would be very important to later stories so yeah I think the answer is kind of there Wonderful. Okay, so then you started research on this. You you admittedly said you didn't know a whole lot about the tutors beforehand. Yeah. But once oh you <laughs> once you started reading about this time period, what was your initial reaction? Oh, that it was fascinating. That it was that, that I just couldn't believe that this stuff happened. Because uh, and I couldn't believe that people didn't want it to. That no one had found this done this story before. Because like I said, the tutors have been done a lot. Yeah. And and you know much more interesting to me than Henry VIII's constant misogyny. Um, <laughs> I've, I've picked some different time of misogyny uh, to focus on. Uh, I'm curious, did you work with a historical consultant at all? Or yes, did- Natalie Mears was our historical consultant. Um, she works at Durham University right now. Oh, um, so I had someone keeping me in line afterwards. But I think she more, um, she more we asked her some initial questions and then she um she read the scripts and sometimes just highlights stuff saying no, so I t- I tried to take out those things. <laughs> it's got to be a challenge, right? It's having a, a job like this to write about history is trying to figure out which angle you're going to take and maybe which path because there were so many different things that happened There's during so this many time. choices and every every choice you make opens up six other choices you have to make, and those some of the, some of those felt natural and I'm sure of, and some of them you do agonize over and go like ah maybe I should have made the made a different one. Um, but I think we were really focused on trying to make this a character driven story um, and make and, and kind of let that lead our decisions rather than it being like we were never kind of making the decisions going like what would be the most shocking one. Mm-hmm. I think it was always about trying to make it come organically from the people we were writing about, because I think we really, really trying to make these these people feel like humans rather than kind of puppets. Right. For playing with puppets in the past kind of thing. Right. It, it, so often we have to remind people that they were actual people who lived yeah. these lives. So I'm very grateful to you for writing this because it is going to bring Thomas Seymour to the forefront more than he has. And I know, trust me, I know a lot of people don't like him, um, but I think it's good for I his story. I am definitely one of them. But yeah, <laughs> There are so many. I have to deal with it on a daily basis. I've been researching him for six years and, you know, I've dug really deep into things. But that's beside the point today because I really want to talk about um, his relationship with Catherine Parr. Yes. And did you get a chance to read over their love letters at all? I call them love letters. They were exchanges, but there was definitely Yeah, love. no, no, I, I read, I read, I, I tried to read a lot of letters, yes. But I guess maybe the question that I have is, oh, how how did you interpret the relationship between Thomas and Catherine? Do you think it was a love match? I think she was very in love with him. Um, that was my, that was my take. Um, I think as far as the man is capable of it, I think he probably loved her too. And I think that's a fair answer, to be honest. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with you on the fact that she probably wasn't more in love with him than she than he was with her. And they offered each other different kinds of power, right? So yeah, I think also he um he, it's a it's a tailspin he goes into after she dies. Yeah. So I think um then that I think it was a significant effect on him that so um yeah that that suggests that you're in love with the woman right. doesn't it and it suggests that there's some passion behind that relationship yeah that was really the beginning of the end for him after she yeah. passed away he did just he went off the rails definitely yeah. so I'm curious you know what do you expect to viewers to take away from watching Becoming Elizabeth I hope that that see that they're people um and see people's humanity and see you know yeah I like yeah kind of I feel feel a bit closer to the past I suppose because I think um there can be something slightly uh alienating or acting like oh this was such a different time there was such different rules no one like there was a totally different set of morals and ethics and um who people and and the way that people related to each other but I think there are some human truths that are always true and I think actually morality has not changed massively um I think people always knew what was kind of right and wrong. Um, it was just within working within a slightly different culture and framework of it. But I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think, um, see how similar the past is actually in a way. Yeah, definitely. So there. where we are now. And you're right. Like the human character hasn't really changed over 500 yeah. years. Yeah. Cause I think I also, I think I always had this weird reception of like, Oh, the two times. Yeah. They didn't care when they beheaded their brothers and their wives dies and <laughs> everyone died after they had their babies and like the babies all died as well. Kind of, and like, kind of acted like that wasn't, it wasn't really very real to them. And then you kind of, I, I was reading about it and I was like, Oh God, of course, of course they cared. Of course this was real to them. But of course, like it's actually just the most brutal, awful time to have lived in. I mean, the one thing I really did take away from this time is I'm very glad I'm not a Tudor. Um, <laughs> Oh, I think I think I really I really connected quite I kind of found it quite moving how 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 awful those times were um, and, and what monstrous things people kind of were forced to do to survive in them. Right. And how terrifying life was. So scary. So scary. I think also everyone kind of goes on about. Um, oh, were they power hungry? Were they ambitious and stuff like that? But I'm like, power was so tied to safety that um, it was it was kind of, of course you were pursuing power because you were forced into this game where where you were always going to be in danger. And the only way that you would not be in danger is by being powerful enough that you would be then protected from, from it. Right. You know, you're talking about danger and power and the Seymour brothers. We see a lot yeah. of them in, in this series. <laughs> I never know where to go with this question because it's always a tough one. Cause they're brothers, but what was, yeah. what was your impression of their relationship after Henry VIII died? Oh, um, it's, it's, it's a kind of heartbreaking one. Um, I, my, my impression was that, um, I mean, I, 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 I always felt like Thomas was quite an an, an unstable man and quite a paranoid man and kind of, um, perhaps quite an unwell man, um, because he seemed very fixated on his brother. And I think the, the brother's story is very dominant through this show of this kind of push and pull between them. And I don't think I don't think his brother's blameless in it either. Actually, to be fair, I mean he was not. He was obviously not a people person, Edward Seymour. Um, but <laughs> I had, uh, yeah, it's a it's a fascinating push and push and pull between them. It definitely um, is. I, it's definitely not a good relationship. I'll give you that. Right. Yeah. The the death of Henry VIII did not um, did not help. Either. It definitely yeah. did not. <laughs> well, and I'm curious too because Henry VIII dies. 
and you know everybody gets all of these titles thomas feels like he probably could have gotten better he picks yeah. up lady jane gray as a ward are we going to see some of that in the series yeah 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 definitely yeah yeah mm. we we have we have all the all the lord high admiral stuff and uh and jane's definitely there played absolutely amazingly by bella ramsey oh i cannot the casting superb Oh, brilliant. I'm glad you're pleased. Yeah, it's 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 an extraordinary it's an extraordinary cast. I couldn't believe it every time they said yes. <laughs> well, you know, you have been on the rise steadily for quite some time now. So I'm really not surprised that you got this gig with stars. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Why don't you remind people when this is gonna air? Ah, thank you. It is June twelfth on Stars Player. Wonderful. So that is this Sunday, June twelfth. They're gonna have to check out Becoming Elizabeth. And a special thank you to the creator and writer, Anya Reese. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this supplemental episode of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. Hey, while you're around, why not check out some of the other podcasts in our lineup? We have over 175 episodes currently to choose from. So take some time, check it out. And while you're there, why not leave a review as well? Reviews help other people like you find our podcast. And if you appreciate this show... Why not become a patron on Patreon? Just go to patreon.com slash Tudor's Dynasty to check out what options are available to you. And patrons get exclusive access to videos and podcasts that other listeners do not. So thank you so much for listening and for all of your support. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. You can follow and support the Tudor's Dynasty podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Tudor's Dynasty.